It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity... Seize everything you ever wanted One moment Did you capture it? Just let it slip Yo, yo Welcome back to the Sports Chumps, episode 32, right here on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. My name is Mikey Nails, my broadcast partner, coming in at around 5'11", weighing about 230. Uncalled for. 220? No. 210. I'm down, man. I'm at my... No. What are you, 180? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 185. No, I was, but I've, I've made the adjustment. One, we're going to go 184. Coming in at 5'11", 184. King of Sting, master of disaster. He'll make your back crack, your liver quiver. Too sweet to be sour, the man of the hour, Dean the Dream. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? How's the week? Not bad. Yourself? Working. Grinding? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Making, a, making a week's pay? Yeah, paying the bills. It's always nice to get ahead and maybe, you know... Snap next necks week, and cash and checks. Pay next week's bills. That's nice. We can get ahead. I try to get ahead to, to, in advance so I don't have to yeah. worry about it. And my racket, Michael, it's always, of course, you know, we're very busy all the time. But, like, now you see the weather. We got a little snowstorm coming on Saturday, so that could put a damper on things. Uh, let's talk about the snowstorm quickly. We're going to get it in there. You know, John Giorsi went on record to say this is going to be a historical storm. Go local, put it out there. Not for nothing, but... He's got everybody going crazy. Right, but Giossi's, if we get six inches, okay. Giorgi's lost his noodle, though. I mean, is he, you know, I mean, he's been there fifty years. Is he even still doing? Well, I mean, he do early morning now. Is he do like the five o'clock hour? I don't know what's going hour? on, but I, I just think we're gonna get maybe a quick, a quick like maybe six to eight. You got the plows. That's you go to work. Exactly what they. Uh, it's another day. What they said tonight, so yeah. it looks like that's that's the neighborhood that we're in. But uh, yeah. you know what? Usually, it's never what it's cracked up to no. me. I mean, God, other- I, I, God willing, I hope that everybody stays safe in the storm. We don't lose power and we get through it and everybody gets through it with food, water, and heat. Yeah, let's hope it's not It's not going to be the blizzard of 78. So everybody relax. No. If you want to go get your bread and your milk and all that, then go ahead. But it's 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 not what it's all cracked up to be. No. All right, let's kick off episode 32. We've got some Magic Johnson numbers we're putting up on Spotify. Episode 32. I like it. You like that, huh? I like it. You like last week when I said the Bengals are no longer the Bungles. You like that. Didn't solid. You? Solid. We're going to get to that solid. in a few minutes. Yeah, so we are. What a, what a, what a weekend. Solid. What a weekend. Yeah. Like Historical playoff weekend for NFL playoffs. I think since I've been alive, it's been one of the probably the best playoff weekend that I've witnessed. I mean, there have been some great ones, but this was by far one of the greatest. Well, 
Michael, I hate to rehash the week week before when the Patriots got throttled 47-17. That weekend was terrible. The games were bad. Brady 31-15 over Philadelphia. That wasn't even that close. And, of course, the Patriots get hammered. So to see what we saw last week was just epic and, and iconic. And they're talking about this uh, Buffalo, Buffalo-Kansas City game is possibly the game of the century so far. Yes. Uh, playoff game. Bengals 19, Titans 16. Maybe finally... The Bengals, like you say, are no longer the Bungles, and they are actually for real. They could be for real. I mean, they, they've come this far. They're in the, they are in the, the franchise's first AFC championship game in 33 years, and one win away from a Super Bowl appearance. Well, for all you listeners out there, Sports Chumps family, Nails, Dream. Of course, I went 0 for 4 last week picking games. So if you ever saw the movie The Bronx Tale, I would be one Edward Mush in, from last week. 0 for 4, ELH, ELH, ELH. Awful. Four losers, but you know what? On this one, I'm happy to say, Michael, that I was a loser in this game saying that the Joe Burrow train would stop here, and it didn't. And, of course, Ryan Tannehill, who I don't think you can give him the football with the game on the line, Derrick Henry back after the foot surgery was was solid, but he he definitely looked like a guy who had been out for two or three months. So it definitely had an effect on the team. You put the ball in the hands of Ryan Tannehill. The result is three interceptions and a crucial one with 23 seconds left in the game, which basically cost them the game and the number one seed and the Tennessee Titans go home. It was just, it was unbelievable. It was a great playoff game and congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and I can tell you one thing, that kid McPherson's kind of dialed. He goes right through the uprights. It's, you know, he's, he might be Justin Justin Tucker 2.0, but uh, oh, well, he's good. The kid wow. McPherson, there was no oh, doubt. Doing that? Well, somebody I, I heard somebody uh, somebody on a TV show said that they heard audio of him on the sideline as he was practicing his kicks. He said to somebody, whoever maybe with the holder, he said, "Um, by the way, um, he hadn't kicked the ball yet." He goes, uh, "We're going to the AFC Championship game." He was already saying it before he the, kicked it. The cheerleaders were, were coming out, and he was practicing in between the cheerleaders. It was it's a clip all over the... All right, McPherson, the place kicker for the Bungles, not the Bungles anymore, now the Bengals, kicking between talent everywhere, chicks like rocking the pom-poms, he gets it done, Bengals move on, they go to KC, it, it's just it's just wild, what a weekend of football, you, you, you gotta love it. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal weekend, I mean... Can't get any better than that. I don't even know if the Super Bowl is going to top this weekend. Yeah, and of, co- and of course, the, it usually does it, Michael. And of course, the, the, the play with 23 seconds left after the Tannehill pick, which was it was deflected ball, but still, Tannehill was terrible in this game. One, Tannehill turned into the old... Yeah, the Miami Tannehill. Dolphin Tannehill. He made one nice touchdown to A.J. Brown down the right sideline. That was a really nice play. But other than that, he was shaky in this game. But after that pick, you saw the play with Joe Burrow connected with Jamar Chase to set up the McPherson's game-winning field goal, and the rest is history. And the, and the Titans go home. <clears throat> Solid. Bye-bye, number one seed. Solid. Next game, 49ers, 13, Green Bay, 10. Now, I got a lot to say about this game. The clock management by uh, Shanahan, phenomenal. Phenomenal clock management. Aaron Rodgers was not on the field long enough to produce, and when he was on the field, he did not put up the numbers. Yeah. And to me, I know this is going to, Stir the pot a little bit. I think Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. I think he's overrated. When it comes to clutch and pressure situations, he just doesn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, and, and the, but the problem is that he wasn't. He didn't have the time on the field to to do what he usually does. 
And I got to be well, honest. I got to be. Hang, hang on, on hang yeah, on. Okay. I got to be honest with you. Jimmy G has no business being where he's at. That I'll agree with. But Rogers had enough possessions of the game to win the game. You're saying like he didn't get enough opportunities. That doesn't make uh, sense. He didn't. To me. He didn't. He. It's not that he. He didn't. No. Let's give the 49 defense a little, a little credit with Joey Bo- you know, Nick Bosa coming but, off the but edge. But it seems to me that a lot of times with Aaron Rodgers, he needs a time to, to to work into the game and warm up. Then he starts performing. He doesn't come right out of out of out of. The, I don't know. I don't think he comes right out of, right out of the the thing right out of the game. It just starts producing. But if I'm not mistaken, in this game they drove it down the first drive. And right. They got seven. They got a seven bean right off the bat. So they did. But that, he, that was that. it. That okay, was it. But usually you say he starts slow. He came out with a seven spot, and that was it for the game. They added another three. This this game came down to special teams, obviously, with the block punt in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. There was no way Jimmy G was going to line up and conventionally go down the field and win the game for his team. But the guy just seems to get Ws. He's thirty-seven. And fifteen lifetime. I don't understand that. I'm with you. I don't know how he's there because I just watch him and I say he's awful. I'm waiting for Trey Lance to come in. I'm waiting for like the, the call to the bullpen. I'm waiting for the for the right arm to come up. But the thing is, happen. everybody has Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP. If you're the MVP, you win that game. Right. You, you you're on the field. You don't produce. I know. I keep he, telling he, you, it's a regular season award, and he's great during the regular season. That's I, it. And I then he chokes. He yeah. chokes. Yeah. He's a choker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the block punt. My big thing is he's going to he's going to Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. All right, Nails has got them going to Heinz Field. They'll be waving the, the Heinz towels, the yellow towels. I mean, Big Ben's retiring. I don't know how they're going to make that happen, but the, wow, that's a storyline. I mean, you know, they're talking about possibly Brady stepping away. We'll get into Tampa in a little bit. Brady's but, saying he's stepping away because of his wife. Let's stop there. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, Rodgers just didn't do enough in this game. And, of course, Jimmy G, who was shaky all game, I looked at his stats at one point, Michael. He was like 3 for 10 for 43 yards at one point with, a, with an interception. But when it came down to getting them in field goal range for a Robbie Gould field goal in the snow, which, by the way, I, I, I have to tell you this. Boy, do I just love – it doesn't have to be a storm. Do I just love to watch football with a little bit of snow on the ground? It's just nothing like it, and it's usually at Lambeau Field all the time. But anyways – I digress. I, I just feel like the Jimmy G did enough to put them in position with some handoffs to Mitchell, and he made a couple of good throws to Kittle to put them in position to win this game. And every time we think that Jimmy G's on a banana peel, I said it all year, he's done, he's done, he's done. Here he is with the potential to go to his second Super Bowl in three years. So at some point, you just gotta, you just got to take it and roll with it. And I think the players love him. I don't know. I mean, I got the stats for Jimmy G. 11 for 19, 131 yards, one interception. Aaron Rodgers, 20 for 29, 225 yards. One TD. Yeah, Rodgers didn't do enough. Obviously, the special teams, listen, the block punt was the game. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, five, minutes, five minutes to go, you're in your own end. Absolutely. You're on the 10. You're almost in the end zone when you're punting it. You Absolutely. It I agree. That's game, set, match right there. You could just, you could mock it down. But, I mean, I don't know where Green Bay goes from here. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and company move on to the NFC Championship game on Sunday. And you just got to give them credit for, and, and I agree with you, Kyle Shanahan did coach a great game. He, he definitely It was out, a coach's game. He out, he out coached Matt LaFleur. That's it was, for sure. It was, it was unbelievable clock management. You you can't win 13 games and lose in the first round in your home in your home field after a bye. Can't do it. No, absolutely not. I it's the clock management by Shanahan was the whole game. Yeah. He just kept Rodgers off the field. I still feel like when Rodgers was on the field, he was just pedestrian. He was just okay. He wasn't good enough. You know, I mean, he had you know he had Aaron Jones. He had everybody there. He kept throwing the ball. It was like. 
you know, Aaron Jones out of the backfield, Devontae Adams, he was tunnel vision on two guys the whole game. He really didn't throw it to anybody else. Randall Cobb was his receiver. He did nothing. He didn't have any, you know, he didn't have a lot of help. The kid Dylan got hurt, the running back, for a little bit. So there was a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And, of course, you're playing in that kind of weather, but I don't want to hear it because Jimmy G's never started a game in less than 40 degrees. So he went on the road, hostile environment, and he got it done. He did. You got to give the kid a lot of credit. I mean, he that after the game, he, he was acting like he was Brady. All right, Jimmy G, take a step back. 11 for 19 with a pick, no touchdowns. Your team won the game. Nick Bosa coming off the edge, the difference maker for San Fran on defense. Fred Warner, the the, the linebacker, they're playing great defense. San Fran's dialed right now. They're, yeah. they're on a roll. And by the way, we're going to talk about the Rams, but they're going into L.A. on Sunday. They've beaten the, the Rams the last, like, five times, and Jimmy G's played well against them. Speaking of the Rams, Rams 30, TB, Tampa Bay 27. I have one question. I have one question and i want to know if you can answer that you probably can because we had this discussion who had the assignment who had the assignment you know what i'm going to say so i'm not even going to continue to say what i'm going to say who had the assignment well you were texting me and of course i I wish i had an answer for you because obviously tampa didn't have an answer todd bowles is the defensive coordinator he makes all the defensive calls you're you're pointing like as if like he should be out the door they're talking about him as a hot name for head coaching jobs again he was awful with the jets some guys are just coordinators Michael, I think a lot of times you get caught in this whole zone zone reads where like somebody's looking at someone else and like who blew the assignment. I don't know who blew the assignment. You said it was the kid David. David was the linebacker. Davis was the cornerback. I think that's Davis. Who you that's meant. what he meant. Yeah, but he fell down. He slipped on one of the. All plays. right. So let me ask you a question. Who did you hear all season long? Who was who was phenomenal all season long? All season long, who was great for the Rams? All season long, just all season long. You, you for the Rams? It. Yeah, Cooper Cup. All season long. MVP candidate, top All five. All season long. Yeah, he just gets open. I, I, I don't know how, how they don't how they didn't cover All, me, I'm gonna yeah. let's rewind that. Yeah. All season long, who was phenomenal for the Rams? <laughs> Cooper Cup. Who who had the assignment? I guess Sean Murphy bunting. I mean, he was the safety. There was a lot of things going on. Antoine Winfield Jr., he botched it. He was supposed to cover. I don't know because I don't know what coverage they were in. It didn't look like they didn't know what they were doing. And he and he was open twice. He made two plays. I'm going to say this too. McVay basically said to Stafford, there's no overtime. If there's overtime, we're losing the game. Okay? If there's overtime, we're losing the game. Either you make it happen or you don't have a job. And he turned it to Brady for 30 seconds. And ordinarily, I would have done the whole John Madden thing, God rest his soul, back in 2001 when he said Tom Brady should have taken a knee with 121 left. I would have said, Stafford, don't do anything stupid here because this is where you throw the pick six and lose the game. But I agree with you. You're not beating Brady in overtime after that comeback. Tom Brady, even in defeat, unbelievable again to bring them back from 27-3. This is almost like the Atlanta Super Bowl. They just didn't have enough in the tank. And, of course, Stafford and the Rams. And I have to give Stafford credit at some point because I've been tough on him. He got it done. McVay basically put the fear of God into Stafford. He saw. He just he looked at him. He said, you have two choices. You're not going to have a job or you can score. I agree with you, but don't forget, those turnovers they were making, they weren't his turnovers. Cup even turned it over early in the third quarter. And, of course, the kid Cam Akers, the running back out of Florida State, he fumbled earlier in the late in the second uh, second quarter, and then he coughed it up when they were trying to run the clock out. So he fumbled twice. And his former Patriot running back, Sony Michelle, who's no superstar, should have gotten more reps because they rushed his kid Akers back from an, uh, from an Achilles injury. He was supposed to be out for the season. I said it in an early podcast before the season. He was done. He comes back. He fumbled twice. That's something to 
be you look at that going into Sunday because that could be that's uh, how wide mental. open how wide open was Cooper Cup? He had to wait for the ball. I think he was just waiting. he had to catch. He was running. Well, on the play before when he caught it over the middle, the, um, Murphy bunting. Somebody fell down. The 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 counterback. Well, I mean, he slipped. The guy slipped. He was open. I'm just saying, a lot of things happen there. A lot of moving pots. But um, yeah, those those breakdowns just can't happen. And you get a chance to get Tom Brady to overtime, the greatest of all time. You kind of got to finish that one, but it wasn't in the cards. Well, big shout out to the Rams. No, you got to give it. That's all I could say. And by the way, McVay, solid. And by the way, I just want to talk about you know they were all in this year. They went out and got Stafford. They thought Jared Goff was not the answer. They were correct. And then they made trades at the deadline to go get Von Miller, who's the Mariano Rivera in baseball and football eyes. Well, he's a closer. man. He's the closer. He came off the edge and he 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 got Brady for the for the strip sack and then recovery. Von Miller looks like the Von Miller when he was in Denver a couple of years ago. So if he's that guy, you got Aaron Donald on the line. The Rams are going to be really. Really, really, really tough to beat. You are listening to the Sports Chumps episode 32 on 88.1 FM WELH Providence. You could check out all of our podcasts on our website, on our Spotify link. The website is thesportschumps.com. You could email Micah Dean with any questions, concerns, or comments at thesportschumps at gmail.com. You could check out all of our social media links on our website. Just friend request us, and we will accept you. Moving on. Chiefs, 42, and they won't choke like the Buffalo Bills, 36. Best I mean, game you've ever seen? Uh, I don't know. One about, of the best games you've ever one seen? One of the best games. One of, one of, I mean, if you want to be nitpicky, you would there's no defense in the they, game. One really, of the best. Uh, well, no, zero defense. And Buffalo's supposed to have the best yeah. defense, so that didn't come yeah. to fruition. I but. mean, they gave Mahomes basically – the 25-yard line yeah. with 14 seconds left. The kicker kicked it into the end zone. I don't agree with that call. I believe that he should have not kicked it into the end zone, let let some time run off the clock. They kicked that field goal, what, four seconds left? I believe there were three seconds left from 49 yards. So you Harrison take five Bucca. seconds off the clock. Yeah. You're not kicking that field goal. That's if – no, I'm just saying – I'm just going through a scenario in my head. Okay. Okay? You can't give one of the best quarterbacks in the league – the 25-yard line with no time off the clock. He gets two passes. They kick the field goal. And who who had that assignment? Who told the kicker to kick it into the end zone? B- Buffalo. The Buffalo head coach McDermott took the blame, and he said it was just. A t- I I don't think he, I think he was covering for somebody. Someone botched. I think the special teams coach did. Um, I got to ask you a question, sure. Michael. What 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 what's the alternative? All right, so they kicked it through the end zone. Let, no let, no let, time. Let, what do you do? Let, Tell me what you want to do. Let the, go kick it in the end zone. Kick it, I don't know, kick it. Even Okay, so even if time comes off the clock, say five seconds comes off the clock, I know this isn't going to make sense in your mind, but mm. you, give, you give Mahomes the 30-yard line. But you got five seconds off the clock, so now it's in his head. Mm-hmm. All right, I only have, what, nine seconds left? Still had all three timeouts, but you're not going to use three because you're not going to make it to no. three. But he's still got two plays, though, maybe. No? Two plays. But but it's the pressure. It's he the did pressure. it with two plays. It's, anyway. a, it's, yeah. it's a mental thing right. because you're on the 25 yard line. And if it's closer line. to zero on yeah. the clock, you're, 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 you're like, more sense of urgency. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I just want to let you know why I 
I didn't have no, that no. much of a problem with kicking the ball out of the end zone. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've seen this in games before. Sometimes at the end of a half, maybe never to blow a game like that. But I've seen it where like they do that squib kick thing. Yeah. And sometimes when you squib it, the, the up guy, not the guy who's like the return guy, the up guy just grabs it and maybe he just goes down to a knee. So really you don't blow any time and you get the ball like he's already at the 30, 35, maybe 40 yard line. So now it's still like one Mahomes play to, to get into field goal range anyways. I'm just saying you run the risk no matter what you do in that situation. Situation. But well, I'd rather see the time off. You the want clock. to see someone touch the ball and have to burn a couple of seconds. I, I understand. There could have been a fumble, buff. They could have recovered. Could have been a fumble. They could have recovered. Well, I mean, I'm just doing. I'm just throwing I mean, scenarios. I mean, it's out amazing there. that just Buffalo thought they had the game, and it's just for for us. You know, Josh Allen. Did you see him at the end of the game? I don't know how is he alive. Yeah, he's okay. He's, he's he's off the bridge. I mean, he was he was struggling with he's it. He's not on the bragger. No, we're he not said, saving he, him. He said we have to do. You know, I so the press conference they focused on Allen. I still don't know who the guy to his left was, but there were two guys at the press conference. The other guy looked like he was just so stoked. He was he numb. Never, the guy didn't know what to say. I don't know if it was Jordan Poyer or it was one of the defensive players, but they just didn't know what what to make of it. I mean, when you're up, you know, when you're up with 13 seconds to go, you think it's over, and I don't blame him. 36, Absolutely, it's over. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute magician. It's, it's just it's just it's the same thing. Has given TB Tom Brady the ball on the twenty-five yard line with fourteen. It's the same exact thing. And can Mahomes I, is younger. Well, can I say something about sure. Kansas City and Absolutely. Andy Reid and everybody? They, the Walrus, they, they, they look like though with those with those two plays, and I know it was Tyree Kill over the middle, timeout. Travis Kelsey down the seam, timeout. They made it look. I don't want to say they made it look easy because that, be, that would be that would be a slap in the no, face they to made Buffalo. It? But they look no, they look so prepared for it, like they've done it before and they have. They practiced and it, and that's why you may be right about the whole Patrick Mahomes played the rope a dope this year. And here I've he, been here saying he, it. Here he is. Listen, right, here he is right now, Patrick. Like he's been there before because he's been there before. This is four straight Patrick years now. Patrick Mahomes. They put him on the shelf. They said, "Listen, go out and just have fun. Don't be so serious. When the playoffs come, be Patrick Mahomes." And what did he do? What did he do? He was Patrick Mahomes. Um, my question to you would be, do you have a problem with the whole overtime situation with obviously with the coin flip thing? You uh, don't get it. Well, I know, no, I'm not playing sour grease. Josh Allen admitted it. Give him, give him credit. A lot of class. He said, if it was the other way around, I'd be celebrating I right saw now. that. I saw but that. But you, you definitely feel I like think, at that I point. Think, but I think, well, didn't they do that all year long, though? Yeah. O- only, if you, only if you scored a field goal the other team. Yeah, right. No, yeah. the rule didn't get... So, so, so you know that you know what's going on. So, so they're prepared in their mind. So, am I? Do I think it should be the old school way? Is that what you're asking me? I don't know what the old school way is. I'm just saying that maybe that a lot of people have a theory where they just should have a 15 minute overtime and you play the 15 minutes uh, out. And then it's like, you know, what I, that's the old school way. Okay, then there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. See, you're asking the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question to the wrong guy because to me, I wouldn't have the instant replay. I wouldn't have any of that stuff. I would just say, let's play football. And And if you get a concussion, that's cool. We'll figure it out after. Let's just do it the old school way. But we can't do that no more because concussions do cause problems. And they're doing the instant replay and then they're doing the weird overtime thing. So it's 2022, so maybe I have to catch up. But I think as far as overtime goes – you just play the quarter out. You just play the fifteen minutes out. Yeah, it's it's only fair. I, I just I feel maybe bad. they I, change that and just do that in the playoffs. I, right, I feel right. I feel bad about the coin flip thing only because and obviously two years ago and I mentioned it in this day in history last week as the Patriots beat 
Kansas City 37-31 at Arrowhead two years ago to win the AFC Championship. I was the happiest guy in the world, but it was unfortunate to look at Mahomes on the sideline and not get a crack at it. But obviously what goes around comes around. Mahomes gets a crack at this time to be the first guy in the field, and Josh Allen doesn't get the crack but, to, to re, you know. To but unfortunately, Mahomes isn't going against the greatest quarterback of all time. So it's useless because it's just it's it's not a yeah. it's cool. But Buffalo, the Super Bowl isn't going to be as good as the playoffs. No, uh, well, we still got championship Sunday coming up this week. So yes, we do. Let's hope for two, no, I'm jumping two really the gun. You're games. right. Let's hope for two great. Let's games. talk about the stats. Mahomes, 33 for 44, 378 yards, three TDs. Josh Allen, 27 for 37, 329 yards. Four TDs. Yeah, and Gabriel Davis was his, his featured receiver in this game. He had a monster game. I think he had all four touchdowns, I believe. So. I had Josh Allen MVP all year long. I, I backed off a little bit. I, I'm doing what you did with – I'm doing what you do with Cooley. We'll get into that later, how you, you, you're you on the train, you're off the train. I did the same thing, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. All right? Now, I think Josh Allen is going to be a great quarterback in years to come. He will win a Super Bowl. He's pretty close to great now. Yeah. He's getting there. He's He's pretty close. Let's let's go let's 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 go into the future. We're going to talk the games coming up. Cincy and KC. Well, obviously, I got I, me. Yeah. I, listen, I'm just going to go straight out. I got KC and the Rams in the Super Bowl. I got Kansas City winning because Mahomes is Mahomes. Okay. So that's my first gut reaction. Now, I would like to see Cincinnati and San Francisco because I believe that would be a better game. Because if you see. That's just my crazy underdog thought. All right, Nails is going back about three decades when it was Boomer Esiason versus Joe Montana. You got it. Way back when, when the Bengals, Sam Weish at the helm, old school stuff, Chris Collinsworth and company. I don't know, Michael. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you hey, what. Hey, 30, 30, 32 episodes in, and the dream is actually reading my mind. It, yeah. It's, it's, see the chemistry? It's all about chemistry. I love it. I love it. But no, I, I like the Bengals, and I'm rooting for the Bengals. But again, I'm going to keep saying the Joe Burrow train stops this week. And uh, he's got oh, a little wow. he's got a little swagger though. He's a little cocky. He's smoking. He, uh, was he blowing me? stogies after no, the game listen, or something? <laughs> I got. I, I was talking to my buddy at um, where I work. My other job. I won't mention it. Wheeler in, in another job. I work. I work for the lottery. We'll just say that. And I was comparing Burrow to. Um, I lost. I lost my train of thought. McMahon. Jim McMahon. Okay. Because I, I love McMahon. Yeah. Other than the fact they both wore number nine, that's about it. Okay? I love. And McMahon wore the McMahon headband. McMahon is one of my favorite when of he put, all when he, when time. When he wrote Pete Rosella along the he headband, just, he, he, was just, he, he was a good punk. Yeah. And I, just the comparisons there. Like, that was a team. Man. Yeah. Oh, Power a little Jim McMahon. Same number yeah. nine. Jimmy Mack. All right. Okay. Solid. All right, nails with the McMahon Joe Burrow Burrow comparison. I, mean, I we'll feel I feel out. for McMahon right now. He's going through the through yeah, the yeah. No, he is. A lot of these right guys now. after yeah. their career. We, yeah. we, we, we All right, so let's let's just stay positive. Let's stay positive. So obviously, I, I mean, my final pick is KC Rams. KC winning. Yeah, I mean, on the other side of the ball in the NFC, obviously you got the Rams, who are the better team, better roster, top to bottom. San Fran, they're clicking right now. Garoppolo seems to just win. I don't get it. But they continue to win. And right now, I mean, he's got a chance to go to the second Super Bowl in three years. Um, he's And he's had a, he's had some real success against the Rams. I believe he's beat them the last, like, five times. And they had to win on the on the 18th week of the season to get into the playoffs. And who did they come back against? The Rams, when they were down 17 in that game. He brought them back on the final drive. So there's something going on there where they seem to have the Rams number. We're going to see how it all plays I out feel, on Sunday. I feel like Garoppolo, like... He has these episodes where he picks and chooses the games where he's going to be solid. It's like, I can't 
pinpoint it, but it's like if he if he plays a certain team, he's he's unstoppable. But then, yeah. with then but then when he plays this uh, a team that he doesn't like, it's a fluke. Yeah, like th- the win was a fluke. That was a fluke win. You, well, that's where you say football's a team game, and the 49ers won the game. It, it was wasn't Garoppolo. But it was a fluke. But it was he, a fluke win. He still did just enough. Whatever it took to get Robbie Gould down there to kick a field goal in the snow, they got the job done. So who do you got? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say it's unfortunate. I I, I want to see Bengals, and I don't care about who wins in the NFC. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Chiefs and uh, Chiefs and Rams. And I don't have a winner yet, and I don't have to because we got a couple of weeks before the actual game. All right. Well, you actually agreed with me. And I'm not a Stafford fan, you know that, but I like no. those two throws he made. He did what he had yeah. to do. And he wasn't part of the whole debacle when they blew the 27-3 lead. It wasn't him. What about that bad snap where he didn't see the ball coming and he ran back 30 yards to go yeah. snag it? That's where I thought they were imploding. You know, Brady. I'll tell you what, McVay held that team together. And at, at when those 14 seconds were, were left, he, he, he had to have some – he, there was something going on in his mind where he said, he, he, basically he said, it's either you put up or shut up. Well, Michael, three years ago at, playing against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, couldn't get the job done. He kept looked like he was jocking Bill Belichick like he wanted to date him. He's on the sidelines talking to Bill. ELH, ELH, ELH. Middle, middle middle to early innings here on the Chumps, episode 32. But it looked like he wasn't ready for the moment, and it and it translated to his quarterback, the trickle-down effect, where it looked like Jared Goff wasn't ready for the moment. And Bill Belichick and the, Tom Brady got off the schneid and won their sixth Super Bowl There's at that There's that word time. again, the schneid. All right, okay. But, I mean, like, right now it looks like McVay's grown up a lot, and I think he's a different guy. As you, I, I'm trying to allude to the point you said. Absolutely. He, he kept the team together where four Solid. years ago it would have got away no, from No, he him. was like, he would panicked. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna, we're going to go Rams-Chiefs, and then you know, we got a couple of weeks to, to see how that comes to fruition or not. All right. You're listening to The Sports Chumps, episode 32 on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. Right now, we have the injury report brought to you by Dean the Dream. All right, Mikey. So, I mean, obviously, just teams that are left here in, the, in this uh, small pool. we got four teams left. Cincinnati defensive end Cam Sample. He's questionable. Everybody's questionable here, but it's you know this is championship Sunday. He's questionable with a groin strain, did not practice on Wednesday. So, looks like he's got a good chance to play on Sunday. Um, here's a huge injury for the Kansas City Chiefs. Safety Tyrone Matthew, the, the honey badger. He's out. He had the concussion on. He came out in that game. He didn't return. He had that concussion. I believe. In the I thought se- he came back. No, I don't think he returned in that game. He's out right now with concussion protocol. So he's got to okay. go through the process that I told you Nick Bosa had to go through last week. So he left Sunday's game, didn't return. He has a you know just has to go through that process and hope that he gets on the field for Sunday. Um, Rams have two offensive tackles, Joe Newtbaum and um, offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth. Um, Notebaum's got a pectoral strain, which I don't like the sound of that. He heard it on, in Sunday's game, and Whitworth's got a. Uh, you saying he you're saying he pulled the chest like a chest? Well, pectoral? he's got a, he's got a pec strain. He that, well, I tell you what, I see, I seen so, I seen a pectoral get re, like like removed. It's not a good thing to yeah. see. That's why. I, that's why I'd be surprised. That's if a, that's he, a weird. That's a tough injury. He may injury. play on Sunday, but I don't know. He, you know, the, right now he's questionable. So hopefully, but Andrew Whitworth, he's got a knee injury. He practiced and should be all right for Sunday. Um, San Francisco running back Elijah Mitchell, who got a couple of big runs down the stretch the other night. He's questionable with a knee injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but it looks like he, he's got a good chance to play on Sunday. And San Francisco's top lineman, offensive tackle Trent Williams, he's got an ankle sprain. He's questionable. You heard it versus Green Bay on Saturday. Everybody on this list right now has a good chance to play on Sunday. If you're questionable on Wednesday, Thursday, you got a good chance to play on Sunday. That and that's, is the injury report. That is the injury report brought to you by Dean the Dream. 
We're going to pause for a little station identification. You are listening to 88.1 FM WELH Providence. Moving on. NBA. Celtics. Let's talk a little Celtics. We're going to start with Sunday's game. Tatum scores 51, leading the Celts past the Wizards, 116-87. And last night, they dominated against the Kings, led by Tatum with 36 and JD with 30, for a final score of 128-75, over to the Dream for a breakdown of the games. Yeah, so of course, obviously, I'm still stuck on Friday night's game against Portland where they had a 100-89 to lead with about four and a half minutes to go, and they totally shanked it. Portland playing without Damian Lillard, they're shorthanded. The Celtics definitely collapsed down the stretch. Bad, bad loss at home, but of course, as you just alluded to, um, going into Washington on Sunday, a place that they haven't played well in the past, and of course, J, uh, JT drops uh, 51 in this game. I think he had 31 at halftime, so Celtics win this game going away. They come back home and just absolutely destroy the lowly Sacramento Kings on Tuesday night, and of course, as you said, you, JB with 30, Tatum with 36, and it was nice because both guys got to rest and not play in the fourth quarter, so Celtics, you know, at 25 and 24 right now, they got a couple of days off before they play the Hawks on Friday night, so I, I, I don't know. My uh, it, it, the one thing I want to talk about, Michael, is we're getting close to that trade deadline, and this week is the is the week that the uh, the Marcus Smart uh, contract kicks in, where he's eligible to be traded now because he signed that four year extension in the off season. They had to wait till j- a certain time in January where they could trade him. You don't think J- Jalen Brown should go first? I think Jaylen, uh, I like Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown would be the blockbuster guy. He'd be the big name. But Schroeder. I, I think they look. Yeah, Schroeder's going to go in a trade because he's an expiring contract. You could see average Al get traded again. But right now, I'm looking at. They're talking about a deal with Dallas, and sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm hearing a lot of rhythm here with this Dallas deal. I don't know who the Celtics would get in return. Rumor has it the Celtics are looking at a former villain overstar, Jalen Brunson, who was a phenomenal college player and a nice pro, but not a guy that's going to move the needle for the Celtics. So I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe a Marcus Smart for Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway deal. I don't know what's going to happen right Ooh. now. He doesn't do the UTEP two-step like daddy, but he can score. So I'm, I don't know. There'd be, there'd be some parts in there. They're always an, an expiring contract. You have to make the numbers work. So we're getting close to that trade deadline. We've done this every week, Michael. You and I do this dance. It's the Celtics win two, lose one, win one, lose two. And it's it's very frustrating. But at 25 and 24, they still have time to turn their season around and do some damage. So we'll see what happens there. That's a wrap for the NBA. we got other things going on in the NBA. But we, we are uh, diehard Celtics fans. And unfortunately, you know, the Celtics are just a – they're they're an average team. Uh, that's all I got to say right now. Barely. I mean, I mean they had they had the, the blowout this the, you know the past two games, but it's they, they, the last time the Kings were good was when they had white chocolate and Weber. All right, nails alluding to Jason Williams out of Marshall, played at Florida. Billy Donovan chucked him off the team. He got to the NBA, was crossing people over, <laughs> wearing number 55 in the backcourt, got a ring with the Miami Heat. But we're talking white chocolate here on the Chumps. Episode, episode 32. They had some good teams, Michael. Rick Adelman had some talent there, or whoever the coach was there at the time, with Mike Bibby and those guys. And Bibby, Doug- Bibby was solid. He was, yeah. it was did, 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 did. Yeah. Did you see him recently? Yeah, put the fork down. Zion. No, 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 no. He took a took a little cycle. Oh, he's really? on the cycle. He's oh. jacked. He's doing a little Barry I think Bonds. He was playing in the three on three league or something with Ice Cube's league or he something. He looks like Schwarzenegger. 
All right, Mike Bibby out of Arizona. 24-inch pythons. They beat the Friars in the in the Elite Eight. I still haven't got over it yet. We're going to talk Friars <laughs> going forward here on the Chumps. Sacramento had some great teams with Vladi in the middle. Doug Christie throwing up bricks wow, from the two spots. Pager Stoyakovic. Stoyakovic. Your boy Hito Turkoglu out of Turkey getting it done. Chumps moving on here, episode All right, 32. We're go- we're moving on to the Friars. 21st ranked. Providence College Friars get two big wins last week after a lockdown for five days due to COVID. One over Georgetown, 83-75. And on Sunday, they had just enough energy, just enough energy to beat Butler, 69-62. Nate Watson went for 18, and he had seven rebounds. Dean the Dream, I know you love the Friars and you love Cooley. So let's get into that whole debate right now. Well, I'm going to jumpstart this by telling you that I have to correct you and tell you that they're now 17th in the country. They have jumped four more spots. Oh, oh, they jumped. So, and they're in both. I'm delayed. They're in both polls at 17. But after, let, let's give them a little credit, Michael, because after the COVID, Listen, after the COVID shutdown, you can come out really flat. And to win the Georgetown let, game at home was nice to let see me, them. Let come me just out. say this: I want to give Cooley the amount of respect he deserves. Cooley got his 210th win at Providence, moving him past the great. Dave Gavitt. Dave Gavitt was is a legend at PC. He he moved on to the NBA. Dave Gavitt became he was he, he was, was he was in the he upper was in the Celtics office. Front, front, front yeah, office. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know he's in second place behind the legendary Joe Mullaney. I mean, once he starts beating Joe Mullaney, you're on another level. I know, I know, I, I know, I, I know. I taught you about Cooley because I'm not his biggest fan. I think Cooley is a great, great, great recruiter. I just don't think he's a great coach. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of animosity between me and you and Ed Cooley. I know you love Cooley. I never seen someone get so excited over the Friars more than you, and I respect that. I respect the the, the heart you have for them because you're just a hometown. You're gonna root for them no matter what. And, and I unfortunately, and I you know this, what? Yeah. I, I I I can respect that because not because a lot of people. They'll go to the games, and then as soon as he starts on a losing streak, they they don't go to the games anymore. Right. You stuck with them. Yeah, no, I'm and I and I've been disappointed, Michael, and I and I think I told you today. I believe I told you. I still see a, a scenario where eventually, with this Big E schedule, it's so it's. It's so demanding, and it's there's so much parity in the biggies. I see a scenario where they do hit a little bit of a wall, and they're going to lose some games, and that's just natural. That doesn't mean I'm going to jump off the you know jump off the wagon. This team right now is 17 and two. After you just the aforementioned wins against Georgetown and Butler, you mentioned okay, they followed it up with a win just now against Xavier, 65-62 on a Jared Bynum three with 1.5 seconds to go in the game. PC gets another quality road win against the number 21 team, as you said. 21. Xavier's number 21 in the country. So there's another ranked victory for the Friars as Ed Cooley and his team improved to 17 and 2, 7 and 1 in the Big East. And you mentioned Nate Watson with 18 points against Solid. against Butler on Sunday. Oh, Michael, how about this? He put up a donut against Xavier and they still won the ball game. So you got AJ Reeves with a broken finger not playing yet and you got Nate Watson one of the top centers in the Big East and one of the better centers in the country. He puts up a donut but Ed Croswell, he's been the revelation for the Friars this year. He puts up 10 and 6 in 24 minutes against Xavier. He's been the difference maker. Guys are stepping up. Al Durham 
Al Durham, the transfer from Indiana, he scores 22 points and, a, and an amazing 10 for 10 from the charity stripe. PC moves on 17 and 2. They host Marquette on Saturday, a team that they just not have not been able to beat. Nah. Shaka Smart and the boys, they're just they've just been on fire. So that's what makes the Big East so All much right. fun. Now I'm gonna mention some names to you. Okay. Okay, and and we're gonna run down. You, you I'm gonna mention some. You're gonna know who they are. And then I'm just going to make a statement, and we'll go from there, all right? The first name is John Chaney. Okay. You know who that is, right? Yep, the late Don Chaney, who coached Temple for many years, walked into the locker room and wanted to beat the living daylights out of John Calipari. But no, John <laughs> Chaney was a teacher, and he was a father figure to a lot of kids growing up in that, you know, got a lot of players from Philadelphia. I remember that team he had back in the early 90s, late 80s with uh, with Mark Macon and Mike Vrieswick. They had some really good players at Temple, and, and he's a great coach. Bob Huggins. Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear's at West Virginia. He had he had Johnston's own Joe Missoula as his point guard for a few years. And Huggins has a good team right now at West Virginia, doing a great job. Solid, solid. Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton, the late Eddie Sutton, coached uh, Ogadi. I think he took like five teams to the NCAA tournament. Kentucky, Oklahoma State. He's He was a great coach and a great man. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention one more name. Okay. Guy Lewis. All right, Mikey Nails going. Guy Lewis with the checkered blazer on. Five slammer jammer. Early 80s. Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Benny Anderson. Clyde the Glide. Michael Young at the two spot. Alvin Franklin, the point guard. Larry Meshaw, Mr. Mean. Yeah, Guy Lewis. He, I think he was like, you would talk a little bit. He had the towel on the sideline. He was another yeah. towel type guy, but he, I just remember the checkered. The shock. I remember the checkered blazer, and he, and he was a great coach. Do you, know what all those guys, do you know what all those guys I just mentioned have in common? Okay, give me a second. I, I didn't know where you were going with this. They've never won a national championship? There you go. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I knew Lewis never won because he was but at But they Houston. have incredible, incredible... Yeah, their resumes are great, but they never won at all. What nice is, job, what is, Nails. What does Cooley have? Okay, I know where Nails is going with this. Episode 32, ELH. <laughs> I got to be careful what I say here, but now I get it. All right, listen. I never said Ed Cooley was going to win a national championship, but he did win the 2014 Big East Championship at when Madison Square Garden. When you bring the national championship <laughs> wow, I- to Providence... Then we'll talk about Ed Cooley. All right. As far as I'm concerned, because I just don't like Ed Cooley. I know you like him, and and you're a you're a you're a strong, strong, strong fan, and I respect that more than anything in the world. I know world. you do. I know you do. I respect that you you would do you if there was Saturday if there was a game and you had front row seats you'd be there during the blizzard of 2022. You'd be there, and I respect that because I don't have that heart. To go, in, you can't fake it. It's it, either in no. you or it's not. And you're no, right. You're right. I, I respect that, but unfortunately, until Cooley brings home the hardware, he should just be in Chad Brown doing the summer league. All right, Neil sandbagged me with the homework. Four other coaches that never won the big one. I missed the correlation. I caught on late. It takes me a while. I'm a little slow. Chumps episode thirty two. Elh. 88.1 FM. I love it. This is what makes it fun. Fry is 17-2 and two with a lot of games left on the schedule. I still think they're going to hit a little bit of a little bump in the road, but they're going to be okay. As the butcher would say, there's still a lot of meat left. All right. <laughs> Mikey Nail's solid. I got to give it to you. You set me up nice. And listen, national championships are tough to come by. You're talking about legendary coaches that are probably in the Hall of Fame, Michael, that have never won a national title. So do I think that this team's heading for that? 
Listen, as much as I, I don't like Cooley, I have to give him the, the amount of respect he deserves in order to do what he did to pass the great Dave Gavitt. It's an incredible, incredible, incredible statistic, and I respect him for that. And as much as I don't like him, he deserves to be where he is today. How's that? I, I love it, Michael. And I gotta say, I, I, I just I think Ed's made the adjustment to this transfer portal portal thing, which is almost like free agency in, in college basketball now. Absolutely. You gotta you well, you gotta get up with the times. A lot of coaches don't like to use the the, the, the transfer portal, but you have to now to to put a team on the court. You've got guys that are leaving you don't know when a guy's gonna leave. So for you know, if they're graduate students, to pick up Al Durham and Justin Manaya from South Carolina, that was a huge pickup for them. And I didn't find out until tonight that Ju- Justin Manaya Friar forward, who's probably one of my favorite players right now. He is the son of Omar Manaya, who used who was formerly the New York Mets general manager. So I saw that little nugget during the game tonight. Just some good stuff there. And uh, I just think this Friar team is tough. They're a veteran team, and they come together. And I think Bynum coming off the bench, they got a nice little mix there. And uh, Noah Hawkler played against Xavier with a with a sprained ankle that had happened in practice. Only six points on the night, but he had a uh, game high eleven rebounds. So they're getting it from every every which way. When Nate Watson puts a zero up and you still win a ball game, things th- you, you, you got a good ball club there. Shout out to Ed Cooley. Congratulations on passing Dave Gavitt. I respect you. I don't like you, but I respect you. Moving on. Chump of, oh, I'm sorry. Let me rewind that. NHL, what do you got for me? Okay, so obviously the Bruins, they've cooled off a little bit, Michael. I mean, they were on fire for a while. Pasenek's been lighting the lamp like you wouldn't believe. Um my little concern, Tuka. yeah. My little my little concern is Tuca. Tuca's not getting it done right now, and I guess in four starts he's given up five or more goals. One game he got pulled in the first period, so he just gave up five the other night against uh, against Anaheim. It's it's not going well for Tuca. So in my opinion, you go with Olmark, the, the the number one goalie. He's your guy. Don't try to force it, Bruce Cassidy. If you're listening, seriously, just don't force it. Tuca's been out. You know, work him back into the rotation. You know, every third game. I don't think it should be a situation where you should try to do too much with him because it looks like right now he's a, you know obviously he's a little rusty. He hasn't played. Let's give him let's give him his due. I mean, he's been around. He still could be your guy when the playoffs come. But right now, Tuka, eh, I think he could still be a guy. I, I, think, I think the problem with him is he's got a lot in his mind and he's not focused at the moment. Well, that was two years ago in the bubble. How no, but right now, but he had. Then don't pro- come back if you're not focused. No, then. but but the, he could stay home. But here's the thing: yeah. is you know how men are. I'm gonna talk. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to talk amongst men. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, now I'm going to talk about him. I'm not talking about me and you. Because when it, when it, when the heat's in the kitchen, we stick in there and we take care of our responsibilities. Tuka Rask, he had a lot of responsibilities coming back. He had some, some personal matters he had to take care of, some family things he had to take care of. But I think that it was overwhelming. And the only thing he knows how to cover that up is to play hockey. But his mind is not there. It will be eventually. Can you respect that opinion? Yes. And I also believe, Mike, once you get to the playoffs, too, and I, I, I listen, at the end of the day, it's a business. You have to win. I, I think it was well put by you. But once you get to the playoffs, I believe you don't you don't team the goalies up. You go with the hot goalie. Absolutely. And, and it could be Olmach. It could be Rask if he's hot down the stretch. Let's just see how this plays out. But right now, the Bruins look like they're in a good position to get to the playoffs and maybe do some, you know, make some noise and do some damage. So we'll see how it all plays out. You are listening to the Sports Chumps, episode 32, Magic Johnson's number 32 episodes deep on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. 
You can check us out on the sportschumps.com. Check out our Spotify link. All of our episodes are up there on a Spotify link. Number 32 will be up by Friday. You could check us out on all of our social media links. Just friend request us. We will accept you. Any questions, concerns, or comments, just email Mike or Dean at sportschumps at gmail.com. Go ahead. Nails, before you move on, you, you keep saying magic number 32. Obviously, total legend. Absolutely. Top two point guys. What's, what's next two, week? What's next week? Larry Bird, 33. My man. Right, but my point is like 32, like you keep saying magic, and I'm fine with that. But like we should do like maybe one of these little fun shows someday where we talk about the greatest numbers that, wore, you know, guys that wore that number because I could think of some other 32s. It's not just magic. Uh, are you going baseball on me? I am. I knew that. And it's not Red Sox Chemistry. either. Oh, who are you going with? All right, let's. I'm going with former Brooklyn Dodger pitcher, the immortal Sandy Koufax, oh, the greatest wow. lefty of all time. All time. You're comparing him to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Don't lie. Sandy threw pellets. Yeah. I'm throwing. I'm, Solid. I'm throwing water guy balloons. A, guy was a dagger sticker. Oh my god, he guy retired like with, with like arthritis in his elbow. Solid. Like, dialed 25 wins in his last season. But no, it's fun to talk about numbers. I love jersey numbers. But yeah, we will do that. I, the, the, the next, what do you say? Uh, what, what what do you call it? We uh, the best of. We, no, we no, do no. Like, you say we uh, no. can a show. The next show we can is going to be on numbers, sports. I love it. Numbers. Moving on, chump of the week, Grayson Allen. This awful, this awful. What he did. I'm Italian. You're Italian. Caruso. He's one of us. Plays One for, of us. Plus, he plays for Billy Donovan, a PC for Billy D. Flyer, so it's, there's, there's, there's family links there. The to, rumor to about Billy Donovan, and, and you would know if this is true, yeah. is when he, when Patino saw him, he said, the only way you're going to play for me is if you go on a, a diet yeah. and you eat salads. Yeah. And he ate salad with no dressing for how long? Yeah. That's that's the rumor. No, it's true because, Michael, if you saw the picture of him in the Big East yearbook, I could probably go upstairs and find it. The year before Patino got there, he was this short little pudgy kid that averaged, and I, I, you can check the stats, he averaged 3.2 a game. Comes in the next year, Patino gets him down. They put the three-point shot in that year. I think it was instituted. Next year, you know, the kid's averaging 15 a game. Crossover dribbles, kicking it to the corner to Pop Lewis, and the rest is history. When Dean says he wants to go upstairs and check it, he means he's going to go in his office. And if you if you ever step foot in his office, it's like walking into a hall of fame just full of pitches and bobbleheads and incredible, incredible, incredible decor. So um, I'm just going to say this. I've been in a lot of houses with a lot of sports things and memorabilia and all that stuff. But I've never been in a house that when you walk in, your whole entire childhood is relived if you're into sports I'm, I'm more of an 80s 90s guy and everything 80s 90s is here and, I, and 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 when i walk in here you might not know this but i will say this when i walk in here uh, it, it brings back a lot of memories because i was big 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 into sports and he'll tell you that and we played it we played at the boys club together we didn't know each other then but now we're doing a, we're doing a show and my best years were at the boys club and just sports back then and unfortunately as you get older, you know when you when when you when you're a child, you have aspirations of making it as a big leaguer, as Dean would, would would tell you. I always wanted to play basketball. I was a big into basketball, but unfortunately, I was too short and too fat. I didn't make it. But you know, when I played at the boys' club, I was actually somebody. I'm still somebody now, but 
I'll never forget the memories. And when I walk in here, he brings all those memories back. And, and, and the love I have for coming in here, he'll never know. So I'm just putting that out there. I appreciate that. I'm glad it, I'm glad you resonate with it and it, it, and it hits you in, in, a, in a profound way. I appreciate that. It's nice that I can have that kind of an impact. And, it's like uh, walking into a Hall of Fame over here. And I never took that into consideration when I did the the, the decor down here. It's phenomenal. But, well, well, actually, let's, let's, let's... All right, Lala did everything. All right, Mikey Nails corrected me here. Larry, my brother, did everything. I delegated, do this, put this picture <laughs> here, put this picture there, pop a hole in the wall. Chumps, middle to late innings here, episode 32, 88.1 FM, WELH. The best podcast going right now, Nails and Dream. We're getting into some. We're getting into Chump of the Week, not one of our favorite 50 topics. 50 minutes in, Chump of the Week, Grayson Allen. Go. Yeah, I don't want to give too much here. This kid was a punk when he was at when he was at Duke. Played four years. Everyone compared him to like, oh, he's he look, he's another JJ Redick. JJ Redick was a sharpshooter, never bothered anybody. But a lot of people don't like Dukies. You play for Duke, everybody hates you. The Trajan Langdon's of the world, the Johnny Dawkins. You can go back to the eighties. The Christian Leitners. We know the names. Oh, this your boy Leitner. Yes, but this kid was a punk in college. He used to do the shoot the ball and kick the foot out, and like he's just always in trouble. He's got that little smirk on his face. But in this particular situation he clotheslines pretty much Alex Caruso and then grabs his right arm as he's going down he gets another crack at him Caruso hits the deck broken wrist fractured wrist out six to eight weeks Grayson Allen gets a one game suspension for this he's been doing this and getting away with these little quirky things and and you know what chump of the week goes to Grayson Allen and the Milwaukee Bucks organization because of course they defended him and they were upset that he got a one game suspension I'm, I'm just fed up with all this little like this little these little leak these little quirky things that like they're not illegal but like eh, so so he's just this guy's over the line and something needs to be done take take a take a half a year paycheck away from him and see what happens you know Grayson Allen needs in his life who Dr. Melfi okay late innings here on the chumps <laughs> analogies with Dr. Melfi, Lorraine Bracco's Sopranos, sitting in the chair with T. Soprano trying to get Tony like off to get him back to normal here. Grayson Allen needs help. He needs to sit down in, in, in a recliner. There's no doubt about it. There's something wrong. But I, I was disgusted, Michael, all kidding aside, to see him like almost smirking on the sidelines. It was, it, there was no, there was, I, it didn't look like he had any remorse. In his eyes, he didn't do anything wrong. Up next... This day in sports history, I have no idea who it is. It's a surprise. I Hopefully, it's not baseball. No, Michael, I'm going to go football here after Ooh, an wow, iconic weekend solid. in the NFL. On January 27, 1969, Ooh. everybody thinks the New England Patriots, oh, they, well, they had the number one pick in the draft in 93. They took Drew Bledsoe. Yes, they did. But that's not the only number one pick they had in the draft. In 1969, they had the overall number one pick. They took Stanford quarterback Jim Plunkett. Oh, my boy. Okay, so of course you... The, wait, you, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. The deaf Jim Plunkett. Yes. and Solid. And and by the way, I was going to get into that. Both his parents were blind. Y yes. So he went through a lot. His parents you know, raised three children blind. He was from Mexican-American um, uh, How many Super immigrants. Bowls? He actually won two Super Bowls yeah. with the Raiders. You and I only know him as a Raider quarterback, but he came up with New England in 69, played there for about five or six seasons, you know, the Patriots weren't very good. They traded him to San Fran. San Fran outright released him, signed with the Raiders, and, of course, the rest is history. He won two Super Bowls. And, by the way, Michael, I just want to let you know, he won the Heisman Trophy in 1970 at Stanford. He was, was he a, a lefty? Deal. No, he was a righty. Uh. He was a righty. And let me tell you something. He's the only quarterback to this day with two Super Bowl rings not to be in the Hall of Fame. So, obviously, he didn't have a great career because the Patriot years were he kind of... He deserves to be there. He had eight good years with the Raiders. He had a nice run there with two Super Bowls, and that's, that's saying a lot. Speaking of Hall of Fame, Big Poppy. 
Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to go we're, over, but that's okay. No, we we're, up ag- we're up against it here. He's the only guy to get in. And, of course, you know, around here, everybody's happy about it. You know, it's obviously, I think, more discussion about who didn't get in. But that maybe that's a discussion for another day. Let's give Big Poppy his due here. F- over 500 home runs for the Red Sox in his, in his storied career. And, of course, um, an, an OPS of over 900. Three World Series championships. Um, the 2013 MVP of the World Series when they beat the Cardinals. Big Poppy, of course. Of course, you and I talked about this off here. Probably one of the most clutch players in the history of the game. And, of course, you don't see DHs get into the Hall of Fame very often. I think Edgar Martinez is the only one that's in to this day. Harold Baines got in from the Veterans Committee. Eh, I don't really count that one. He played a a large part of his career in the outfield. So, Big Poppy, I think it's his personality. I think a lot of people around here kind of overlook the fact that he could have been linked a little bit to steroids. But um, he gets in with 77.9% of the votes. You need 75% to get in so of course the Bonds Clemens Schilling all those guys uh, still uh, they're off the ballot now strong statement from Mikey Nails greatest clutch hitter of all time I'm going to make this strong statement if Bonds Clemens and anybody else on steroids makes it into the Hall of Fame then they need to put Pete Rose in and we're going to leave it at that all right, Nails, late innings, real late innings here. Still jockeying for Charlie Hustle, 4,200 hits. I get it, but they say it in every locker room, no gambling, shooting up Reds games left and right. It's unfortunate, but... um, big- You could shoot up Red games, but you can't shoot up the, the Winstrow in, in, you know, with the needle. Uh, I'm sorry, it's tainted. You know, if Bonds wants his head to get... To, you don't hit 73 home runs at the age of 35. I'm just saying, Big Poppy looks like he kind of got a pass through this whole thing. There wasn't much conversation or confirmation on that 2003 Mitchell Report list that came out. It was supposed to be anonymous. Nobody was supposed to know about it. So I guess he got a pass. They're not sure if he actually tested positive for something. It was sort of like a gray area. So Poppy gets in on his first first uh, year of eligibility. Big uh, Poppy deserves it. I'm Moving on, Wheeler Warrior Spotlight. Brought yep. to you by Dean the Dream. Yeah, Michael, real quick. I mean, the boys' varsity hoops here, um, they had a tough loss to Shea, 77-62, but they bounced back to beat South Kingston 65-50. Um, the uh, ice hockey team, they split two games last week. They lost 7-2, to two, but they bounced back versus Portsmouth, winning 2-1. to one. And um, as far as boys' and girls' swimming, this is kind of odd. Both, and I told you about this last week, how the, how the meets are against the same team when they, you know, it's a group thing. So the, the boys... Uh, the boys beat Mount Hope 61-31, and the girls beat um, beat Mount Hope 61-33. So good job by the uh, boys and girls swim teams. They're doing great, and uh, Wheel of Sports are flourishing big time. But um, I want to talk really quick about um, someone that I know through family um, is Stephanie Coro. Your boy, Sean Kelly, who kind of runs things. He's the AD, gets things done there at Wheeler. Solid. You give him credit last week for his recruitment. And this hire is, let me tell you something. I know the family. We're talking about class personified here, okay? Stephanie Coro, she was an absolute stud at Rick in her day. North Providence High, your alma mater. Mm-hmm. And she went on to be a star at Rick. And people don't realize that she actually played pro ball in Spain, uh, overseas in Spain wow. for a while. So she's the real deal. She takes the job. She this this. this didn't just happen yesterday, but going. This is her first season as the girls, um, girls varsity uh, 
basketball coach. So Stephanie Coral, her her uncle Jerry was my uh, my college catcher and a good friend of mine. Oh, Jerry. And and yeah, and her um, her dad Dominic Coral is an absolute class act. And I just want to shout out to her uncle Mike Mike Coral who passed away a few years ago. Um, just a real close friend of mine. I played for him for the Providence Sultans back in 90, 1995. Solid. So the family's just when I tell you like the best people you'll ever meet. And um, I'm happy for Stephanie, and I think she'll do a great job at Wheeler. And that is the Wheeler Warrior Spotlight brought to you by Dean the Dream. We have two minutes left. We're going to go into a little scenario with Dickie V. Dean the Dream, what do you got for Dickie V? Yeah, Michael, it's been, like I said, I just, you know, we've had some positive stories, some negative stories. We, we, you know, it's our job to report everything. Um, I hope we're not going down that whole Jerry Remy, you know, God rest his soul rabbit hole because, and I know Dickie V's still with us. We love him. We pray for him. Um, he's going to take the rest of the season off at ESPN. I know he was doing some games despite the cancer and the lymphoma yes. and all that, but um, it just, it's kind of has that feeling of how Jerry Remy was st still trying to do games last year with the Red Sox when it looked like the end was near. And um, he was told by his doctors to take a break, mm -hmm. step away a little bit, but now they're saying they would just want him to rest his vocal cords. They want him to take the rest of the year off. So it could just be a precautionary measure, so I don't want to jump the gun, but um, I'm concerned about Dickie V because he is an absolute legend, and I just wanted you to know that um, he actually called me at my workplace one time you about, told me. about seven or eight years ago at Antonio's because a friend of mine, God rest his soul, my friend Charlie, who passed away, used to run into him in Florida in Clearwater every year, right. and and he told, he told Dickie V that I wanted to do broadcast and then that was my dream. He called me at work and took five minutes on the phone with me. And Dickie V, I, I'm praying for you. We're all praying for you here at the at the Sports Chumps. Get well. Dick Vitale, the Sports Chumps, our prayers are with you and the family. We love you, and we hope you get through this tough time. We're thinking of you, and God bless, sir. College basketball is not the same without him. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. My name is Mikey Nails. My I broadcast partner, hang on one second. He'll put a dip in your hip. And it glided in your stride. All right. I'm Dean the Dream. You've been listening to the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM WELH Providence. Enjoy the rest of your week. Be safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. It was
reach inside.